Welcome to PBC Talks. If you would like to find out more information, please visit pbc.org.uk. Look at this. She doesn't often do things like this for me. <laughs> Good morning. Yes, come forward. Um, we are going to be reading um, from Joshua 5.13. So if you've got a Bible with you, please, can you find it? Um, if you've got an app, can I encourage if you do have a tablet or a phone, download the YouVersion app. It's um, a Bible app that has got loads of plans. It's got loads of different versions. Um, but come, come to church with it because it's great to be able to read Scripture together. So my uh, old um, Sunday school teacher is going to come and read the passage for us this morning. So it's Joshua 5.13. Okay. This relates to the fall of Jericho. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord, the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho from your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Make seven, pay, sorry, seven priests carry trumpets of, of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast in the trumpets, make all the people give a loud noise. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and take seven priests, carry trumpets in front of them. And he ordered the people, Advance, march around the city with the armed guard going abroad at the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the people who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the Ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the people, 
Do not give a war cry. This, sorry, do not make your voices. Do not say a word until the day. I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. The people returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who, all who are with her in our house shall be spared because she had the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So every man charged straight in and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep and donkeys. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of the Lord, a camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it but they put the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. At that time, Joshua pronounced the solemn oath Curse before the Lord is the man who undertakes to rebuild this city, Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn son, 
will he lay its foundations. At the cost of his youngest will he set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout the land. Thank you, Anthea. And this week I've been in London at the leadership conference that uh, HTB run. It's at the Royal Albert Hall and um, they gave a little bit of um, encouragement about what's going on in Alpha. And I just was reminded while Ali was praying for Alpha. There's a girl who's 29. She works. She's an advisor for the cabinet, so for the, for the government. And she uh, decided that, the, well, she realised that there was no alpha at all in, in government in, in Westminster, so she started an alpha in government. So every Wednesday lunchtime, she gathers people, gathers the government, and she prays with them, she eats with them, and they watch the videos. God is doing incredible things with the alpha course. Another story, Zambia. The Zambian government have realised that alpha is the best rehabilitation initiative um, that they've ever seen. So the, the government have rolled it out in every single prison in Zambia as, as a rehabilitation initiative. It's just incredible. So if, if, you, um, if you did miss the first one and you fancy going, uh, go along this, this Thursday. I'm sure the team would love to see you. So we're in a series called Courage, um, and it's looking at the story of Joshua. And the message that, that I prepared this morning, I, I really feel that the Lord is saying this will be a spiritual marker for someone in here. I believe that the message this morning is going to be a message for somebody. And it's going to say, don't give up. I believe there's someone in here this morning that is at, the, at your wit's end and you're ready to pack it all in, whatever it is. But I believe that God's prepared this message exactly for you this morning. Just to give you a recap, we've got a story of the Israelites. They were in, they were in Egypt. They were slaves. Um, and through Moses, um, Lord used Moses to free them and take them to the promised land. Unfortunately, they didn't get to the promised land. They spent 40 years in the wilderness. Um, and then Moses dies. And now they have got this new leader, this new courageous leader, Joshua, who is going to lead them into the promised land. So I've got three points, and I'm going to break it up in, into three points. This is the first point, and it's facing the wall. You know, Joshua led them towards the promised land, but is faced with this huge wall. So this is a city that is the promised land, and God said to him that you are the man to take my people into the promised land. He gets there, and there's this huge wall in the way. There's this impossible thing. In the way of God's promise. Now this wall was 11 feet high, I'm told, and 14 feet wide. And the city was an hour. Um, to circle it, it was an hour. Apparently the, the walls were so thick that the chariots used to drive round or ride round the whole bit of the wall. We're talking about a huge wall. Something that is impossible to get past. And you reckon, I can imagine Joshua as the leader, the new courageous leader, thinking, right, we need to get a battle plan together. How do we conquer this wall? This wall? So he may have thought, right, if we all surround the wall, 
and we'll starve them. We'll stop their food going into the city. Let's do that. Well, that may take, might, might take months, and they might get starving themselves. Or, or, or what, what about if we build up a, a ramp to go over the wall? There's another way, but that might take months to build a, a ramp. Or let's weaken the walls. Let's set fire to the sides of the wall. Let's, let's dig underneath. But again, this is labor-intensive. I'm sure Joshua was facing this wall and thought, why me? Why me, Lord? Why am I the one to be leading these, this people through an impossible task? You know, Martin Luther King says, faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the, fir- when you can't see the staircase. You know, Martin Luther King, who led um, the, the rights movement in America amongst the black community, apparently every week he got down on his knees and said, Lord, why me? Why me? I don't feel worthy to do this impossible task. But God doesn't choose you because of your ability. God doesn't choose you because of of what you can do and what you have done. He chooses you because of your obedience. And it's very clear here, he's chosen Joshua, not because of anything else, but because he knows he's an obedient man. So what is your Jericho at the moment, what is this large wall that is in the way of your promise, that, that the promise that God has given you? What is the difficulty that you are facing? Is it an internal wall? Is it something inside of you that you are trying to overcome and it feels absolutely impossible? Or is it a physical wall? Is it, is it illness? Is it something that you can physically see? Well, what I want to say to you this morning is you have two options. You choose to see Jericho or you choose to see Jesus. Are you going to choose to see the problem or are you going to realize who you serve, who you've got on your side? We quite often add bricks to our wall, don't we? Our insecurities make the walls far higher than they should be. Our fear, our lack of courage adds, adds bricks. Maybe our past, we add more bricks onto this wall. So it becomes not an 11 feet wall, but a, an even more impossible wall. But when we read in Scripture, in verse 2, it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered you into Jericho, into the hands, in Jericho, into your hands, along with its king and fighting men. The battle is already won. So we read right at the start of this story, yes, there's this big wall. I'm not going to tell you how you're going to do it yet, but let me tell you, the battle's already won. You've got this, Joshua. You don't need to fear. You don't need to worry what you're facing because you've got this. I've given you the authority to overcome that wall. Sometimes God's promises don't make sense. You know, he has this heavenly perspective in our situations. You know, the crazy thing is God speaks in past tense about your wars because he's already done it. He's already conquered death. You know, then we read that the gates were locked. How often does God speak to us or we hear things at church that are saying, God's got this, God's done it. But the physical is that the gates are locked. The walls are still there. How often does God's word not match what we're seeing? But let me just tell you, don't let what you're facing what your struggle, what your impossible wall is, don't let it intimidate you. Because the Bible says if God is for you, then who can be against you? Amen? 
If God is for you, then who can be against you? It doesn't matter how, how big that wall is. You know, then they were told to walk around the, the wall for six days in silence. And on the seventh day, go around it for seven times and then give a big shout in simple terms. That was, a, that was the battle plan. Now, for me, I don't know, but that sounds foolish. <laughs> Absolutely foolish that he is asking, God is asking them, you are going to conquer this city by simply walking around it. Forget your battle plan of building a big ramp. Forget how you think you're going to deal with this wall. I want you just to walk and in silence. It just doesn't make sense. Well, you can imagine the scene of, of, of a soldier uh, going back to his wife after, after a day, um, the first day, day one of walking around, and he, she's like, oh, my strong warrior, tell me how many battles did you fight? And did you take Jericho? Um, well, it's a little bit interesting, that. Um, we, we just took a walk. You what? You just took a walk? Well, I think Joshua just wanted us to, like, take a feel for the area, you know, like just, just to see how big it is. That's the difference between our way and God's way. We try and make sense of God's way. We try and do it in our way. But in this world, God's will will always seem alien. It will always seem strange to the rest of the world. We are told to forgive people when they don't say sorry. We're told to compromise when they will never know that we had to compromise on that issue. We have to love people who are really difficult to love. It just doesn't make sense. But that is God's way, and it's not our way. You know, it's simple. Obedience is our job. Outcome is God's. Obedience is our job, not the outcome. The outcome is God's. Joshua didn't argue with the plan. Joshua didn't say that your plan is not going to work, Lord. How many times do we doubt when God tells us to maybe sit tight or to keep praying or to keep doing something? But he just obeys. Our job is obedience. Outcome is God's. We read that Joshua didn't tell his army that on the seventh day the war would fall. So apparently he just says, advance, go on your first day walk, come back, and then take rest. It doesn't tell us that the army know that on the seventh day those walls are going to come down. He just told them not to shout until the day. And I tell you, nothing happened for six days. Nothing happened for six days. Not even one brick moved and you can imagine the scene with the wife on day six, can't you? You can imagine the conversation that the wife's having with her husband there. You know, it may not seem a lot, six days, but when you're following a leader that may have turned into a leader lunatic, then yes, it does feel like a long time. You know, some of you will be in a time where you are still walking around the walls. Nothing's happening. Not one brick is getting moved. Surely, God, just show me by removing one brick on day one and, and day two, remove another brick. But it's not happening. It's like the gym. I absolutely hate the gym. And if you love the gym, I also hate you. <laughs> 
And and if I went to the gym on day one and this this like bit of ab just came out and day two then and then by day seven I'm looking like Max Lonsdale, then yeah, bring on the gym. (laughs) You know, that's when we want the progress to be obvious. For some reason, they're walking around these walls and the progress is not obvious. When your progress isn't obvious, will you continue to pray? When you see no movement, will you continue to pray? Will you continue to be obedient and leave the outcome to God? Or will you give up on lap one? Will you give up on lap two? You know, the army was never told the walls would fall. They were just told to walk. You know, we obsess so much about the walls in front of us, we forget that internally God is fighting against the walls inside of us. We think that this wall is not moving, not one brick has changed, but in the process, God is working inside of us. He is working on the internal walls. He is doing a work inside of you, but we just don't see it. God is always working in the wait. Don't deny it. Don't doubt it. God is always working when you are waiting. There's never wasted time with our Lord. You know, some of you are on lap two. You're on lap three. You're on year four, year five, year six, and your wall has not moved an inch. I didn't think it would take this long, Lord. Just show me that this is working. Or am I hearing you right, Lord? I have not been healed yet. How long can I go? My son or daughter is so far from you. And I keep lapping. I keep praying the same prayer every day. But not one brick has moved. Will you serve the Lord when you're walking around those walls limping? Will you keep lapping around the walls of Jericho when you're in pain When you feel you can't do another lap, don't underestimate what the Lord is doing in the waiting. Because the Bible says you need to persevere so that when I have done the will of God, or when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. It's all about perseverance. You know, if you ask the question, why didn't God let the wall fall on day one? Because when we walk around our walls, when we walk around our difficulties, and if he removed the wall on day one, we would say that we did it by our walking. That we did that in our strength. So God is saying, keep lapping. Keep lapping. Keep lapping until you understand that it's me. That I am working in you. That you can't do this without me. You know, waiting is hard, it's painful, but I just want to tell you today, keep going. Keep going. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. You know, Noah had to wait 120 years until the floods came. How humiliating and embarrassing is that? Joshua had to wait for 13 years in prison. Jesus had to wait 30 years until he could start his ministry. And do you know what? When he was on earth, he never fulfilled his potential. But he fulfilled his purpose. He fulfilled what God asked him to do. He was obedient to what the Father asked him. I'm sure he felt he could do a lot more. I'm sure he felt he had so much more in him. But that's not what he was there for. 
If you're feeling that you're not fulfilling your potential, remember your purpose. Remember to be obedient because the outcome is God's job, not ours. The weighted goal is less important than the work of God in you as you wait. It matures us. It gets us ready for the next thing. It prepares us. It levels our perspective. So if you are tired and you're weary, let me tell you, you are closer than you think. Remember, he who began a good work in you is going to continue. He's going to carry on until completion. Keep going. Your job is obedience. Outcome is God's. Do you want to just come up the band? As you can keep going, as they're going around the walls, they are in silence, but they've, they've got to play their trumpets. And, and that is in a way, if they were walking around, they weren't just walking in silence, but they were praising God. So keep praising. If you're on lap four, lap five, keep praising You might not understand why you're in this situation. You might not understand why you're having to walk around in silence. But keep praising. Because when we praise, it lifts our eyes over the wall. It lifts our perspective over the wall. When we give God the glory, it reminds us that God's promise still stands. God's promise still stands, and even when they're on fourth and when they're on fifth, Joshua needs to remember that God promised that I have delivered this into your hand. He has already promised that you are going to go through it, but they are still having to walk, seeing nothing happen. God's promise still stands. On the seventh day, on the seventh time, they shout and the walls come tumbling down. God is faithful to his promises. He said he would do it. And he did it. Take courage in this story to keep going. To not give up if you feel you're on your sixth lap. You know, I was reading that they've had some archaeological discoveries on the site of Jericho. And they've actually found a circle around the city of Jericho. And underneath the ground, there is fallen bricks. There's piles of brick around the whole way. They've also found within the city that there was mass destruction by fire, which we read in the scriptures. So they have gone underground and the bricks and the the stones and the utensils are all blackened because it was destroyed by fire. And this is the most incredible bit of the story. They've got evidence that all the wall fell apart from the north side. So every brick around the wall fell apart from the north side. And we read in in the scriptures that Rahab lived by the city wall. By faith, Rahab was saved. And I'd love to speak on Rahab because what an amazing story that she's even referred to as the prostitute Rahab. But God still used her. God even used her as for the bloodline for Jesus Christ. Rahab's house clearly would have been saved. Rahab's house was clearly on that north side because her house was saved by faith. You know, God gave Joshua success, not because of the size of his army, not because of the size of his weapons or the power of his weapons, not because of his ability as a leader. It came from obedience and faith. So what's my message this morning? 
is to say, whatever war you are facing, remember that the promise still stands. Peter says, exceedingly great and precious promises are over your life. Paul says, every spiritual blessing in Christ, that is the promise. The promise is to give you a, a have, it, that God's got a plan over your life, not to harm you, but to make you prosper. That is the promise. Remember the promise when you're facing the giant in your life. Remember who you serve when you're facing that wall. When you're journeying around the wall, keep going. Because the promise still stands. It might feel that you're on the sixth lap and you want to give up and pack it in. Keep going. Keep lapping and asking God for strength and courage to keep going. And keep going because the promise still stands. And we read that victory is coming because God's word says that he will bring the walls down. When you wake up and a brick has not fallen... Keep going. We're going to pray. We're going to pray over these walls. Because when we praise, when we give God the glory, when we speak to God, it raises our perspective. And when the praise goes up in this room, the walls are going to come down. Do we believe it? When we praise and put him first, when we realize who we are serving, when we realize that he is doing a work inside of you ready for the next thing, then we remember that the promise still stands. These walls are going to come down. So could you, if you, if you can, stand with me. We're going to pray, we're going to praise, and we're going to show God that we trust his promises, that we trust that he is going to see that wall tumble in your life, whatever your wall is. Let's pray that those walls come tumbling down as we worship for the rest of our morning. Let's pray. I'm not going to ask you to respond. I'm not going to ask you to say that, I've got a wall. Just tell God this morning. Tell God that I've had it. I can't do another lap. Lord, I need your strength. I need you to remind me of your promises. You just tell him now what wall you're facing. there are many walls internally and externally Lord there are walls that we are dying to see crumble down Lord there are things that we just feel are impossible to move but we ask this morning Lord that you remind us of the promise Help us to be obedient, because that's our job. And to persevere as we are taking the journey around the wall. 
Lord, just fill us up with your courage and your strength to keep going and to keep going and to keep lapping. Knowing that you've got this because you are a faithful God. Great is your faithfulness. And Lord, we are going to praise this roof off now. We're going to give you that wall and we're going to trust your promises and we're going to let go because when the praise goes up, the walls come down. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. Join us next week for another inspirational message.